Hello, 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 and welcome to another bonus edition of Films on Trial. This week, us. I'm Gav. I'm Alex. I'm Joel. I'm Dave. And I'm Austin. And just like us, we are our own worst enemy. Which, yeah. That's, that's apt. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty that, true, that isn't it? It is. Really it is. you. You're our worst enemy. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, and everybody else. <laughs> well, I was going to say that, yeah, I, I have an extensive list, to be honest, which includes Jude Law, the writings of Richard Curtis, <laughs> gluten-heavy dinners. But yeah, now you mention it, I do you imagine that I feature yeah. quite highly on most of your lists. <laughs> you know what? Just show up anyway. If you've never heard this show before, put on your red jumpsuit, extend us your hand because we're about to bring you into our human chain. If corny, I know, but, you know, Austin, you don't know what the hell I'm no, on about. No, no clue. <laughs> doesn't matter. People, I'm going to laugh along. People who've seen us know exactly, are nodding at home enthusiastically because they know what I'm on about. <laughs> Essentially, we're going to put a film and we're going to put it on trial. It's as simple as that. There's also a whole host of other hilarious shenanigans to keep you entertained, including a caption contest, a quiz, some questionable impressions, some subpar xylophone playing, some silly sound effects, and a whole lot of banter. So this week's film on trial is Us. Oh man, that was so. Oh, wow. I got a bit too close with those scissors. There. <laughs> I didn't have an actual scissors sound effect, so I decided to go whole old school and use actual scissors, and I nearly just chopped my lip off. <laughs> you, 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 you're now sitting on them as well. Do you think maybe put the scissors? I, 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 I need to use them again. Oh, okay, <laughs> quite no, intimidating. Just, I've warned you. So, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, Austin's got the car closest to us, so he can take me to any if anything does happen. Um, uh, it wasn't you we were scared about. <laughs> you're quite angry man to begin with <laughs> so listen if you haven't seen the film yet just to say that this episode will be very spoilerific so if you haven't seen it it's still out of the cinema so do go and check it out so you can either listen to this episode after you've watched it or just trust our judgments alternatively you can fast forward to our quiz this week brought to us by the lovely joel which we are going to highlight in the comments section below now before we go on our last bonus episode on trial was alita battle angel uh, yeah, we basically fucked it up and put this in our order of episodes <laughs> earlier than it should have been. So, um, essentially, I judged the film and, play, and placed it on this shit list. I've since gone away and watched the film. Did I make the right call? Well, you can listen to the films. <laughs> you can listen to the previous episode of yeah. Where Eagles Dare, which I pretty much summed up uh, what I thought of Elite <laughs> that, Battle Angel. That's a complicated way to get into this podcast. Yeah. 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 Right, yeah. Anyway, I thought it was all right, essentially. <laughs> uh, ruined it. I'm going to go back and listen to it. <laughs> like, so, uh, I mean, I thought it was, it was uh, shit, but it was watchable. A bit, that's kind of what I thought. Yeah, yeah. a bit like uh, what people are saying about our YouTube videos. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, I'm joking. Nobody ever said they were watching. Uh, it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, yeah, onto the bulk of the show. Well, sorry, before we go into the bulk of the show, it's time for a little bit of news. Don't know what that is. Oh, fuck, fuck yourself, son. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that's going to quickly become your catchphrase. Put the scissors down again. <laughs> what do you mean, it's going <laughs> to? Um, that was just the two of us by Bill Withers. Was it? Who, thankfully, is still with us. <laughs> anyway, um, so here we go around in a second. We talk about the most newsworthy topics of the week. Uh, is the Bill Withers still alive? Is yeah, that Bill, what, Bill yeah, Withers yeah. is still alive. Yeah, he is still alive, yeah. <laughs> okay, good, yeah. <laughs> um, so the first bit we want to talk about is that Oscar Isaac has thrown his codpiece into the ring. <laughs> the role of, I was going to say hat, but I was like, that man doesn't have a hat. Does he like, have a codpiece? He probably has a codpiece. You could have said cowl. You could have yeah, said yeah, it through yeah. the cowl. Oh, okay, Oscar Isaac has thrown his, his Batman-shaped ninja throwing star into the ring <laughs> to play the world's greatest detective, i.e. Batman, or to his friends, Is Batman Bat. detective. He yeah, is, yeah, in yeah. the comics. He's yeah. the world's Where's greatest he? detective. First appeared in Detective Comics. <laughs> of course, really? Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. So is that little I know. Yeah. So, <laughs> I thought he was just a vigilante, just, a, just <laughs> well, an angry man. A lot he's like many Gav, things but... to many people. Okay. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, but he's, he's a bit like Morse, but with a cop piece on. <laughs> <laughs> Have you... <laughs> So, you're right, you're saying about Oscar Isaac's throwing his hat in the ring. Is this a bit like Solid Snake when no one asked him to throw <laughs> yeah. his hat in the ring? <laughs> he's much. just throwing his hat. There's no ring, he's just throwing his hat, yeah? Has, has anyone offered yeah, no. him the role of Batman? Essentially, he's got a list of all of Joel's favourite things, and he's just saying, <laughs> I wouldn't mind doing well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he must be hard up for work, then, mustn't he? Being in the Star Wars universe, <laughs> yeah. 
He's, he wants to be solid snake now. He, he just wants to take everything that's good in the world. So, so does that mean you don't want to see him as snake? He doesn't need to have every star in role, no. does he? Well, he hasn't really got every star in role, has he? He's just saying that he wouldn't mind being in every star in role. <laughs> but like, like, so say if he it, doesn't... Get... Soon it'll be like, you know, oh, I wouldn't mind being Iron Man, just taking other people's roles off them, and <laughs> yeah. where, where will it end? Wonder Woman, I'll do that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, um, right, so say if he doesn't get Solid Snake, Joel, you're a big Batman fan. Would you like to... Are you, are you not? <laughs> not massively, no. Okay, I, ignore I, you. I'm a big Batman Dave, fan. Dave, you're a massive Batman fan, aren't you? <laughs> and now, would you like to see him as, as Batman? Do not particularly, no. no. No, I don't think it would work. I think he's a great actor, Oscar Isaac. I really do like him, but I just don't see him as either Bruce Wayne or as Batman. And I think you've got to be able to nail one of them. To be able to, to pull it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's how you get cast as Batman these days. Um, so, what, what do you reckon? Is it because he doesn't have a good chin? Is that what? Yeah. That that will go against him. Yeah, lack so, of chin. So, Casper Van Dien then, or nobody? Perfect. But now we're talking. Uh, so, if anybody is interested in who we would like to pick uh, and play Batman in the next film. Uh, then you can check out our YouTube video of casting picks where we pick our favorite actors to play Batman in the Matt Reeves 1990s set Batman film. So apparently it's going to be a younger actor. So maybe that's another thing that would keep Oscar Isaac out. Maybe he's not as young as the director would like. But we'll see anyway. Like moving on, uh, we wanted to talk about the Disney and Fox merger, which has finally gone through. Apparently, Deadpool will be the only Disney, sorry, will be the only character from Fox that Disney will not recast. So essentially, all of the X-Men, everything else are out the window, and Deadpool will be making his way over to the MCU. So, Joel, I know for a fact that you are a big Marvel fan. <laughs> Right. Would you like to see Deadpool in the MCU? Do you think that that doesn't work? Would you rather have him um, in a standalone film? I think we've discussed this before. Can't remember. to be honest, our conversations blur in and off the. This I mean, you shouldn't you shouldn't say that because <laughs> now you put people off from yeah. listening to future episodes. Um, but what I've said is that I'm absolutely fine with him going over to the MCU. I just hope they don't make him PG. So I just think he works so well at the moment. And it's such a refreshing kind of change of pace with the amount of superhero films that we have these days to have somebody like Deadpool where it is R-rated, it's not for kids. There's a lot of blood swearing, you know, nudity, whatever. Um, it's all in there. So as long as Marvel keep it like that, I think it would be great. I think it would just be like a, a big kind of miss if they, um, you know, do make it like a 12 type of thing. And So I think they've that said that they it. do want to keep it as R-rated, but... The, thing, the, the, the question mark is if they will bring him into the MCU. So they'll have an R-rated uh, Deadpool film with canon within uh, MCU or whether or not they're just going to have it as like a standalone film. Well, isn't part of the charm of Deadpool that it's kind of not canon, that he's taking the mick out of it and that it's not taking that, taking that seriously, where if it's put properly into the MCU universe... I don't know, it, it feels like that's one of the nicest things that he's yeah. playing mm. around with those rules. Well, I think it's one of, of the biggest... Ton- it's a bit of a tonic to those serious yeah. Marvel films yeah. where you know every single character and it, that's what's great about Dog... Uh, Dog... Dog... Deadpool for me. Dog man. <laughs> but uh, also, if, if it was part of the canon as well, then it's going to actually alienate an entire... Like the bulk of the audience, which is kids, because they won't be able to watch it properly. So then... But then again, they, the did make, do, they, they did make a PG version of Deadpool too for a wider audience um, uh, just this Christmas just gone and they released it in the what, cinema an edit yes yeah, they edited uh, Deadpool 2 but they incorporated some new footage so they filmed it like it was um, oh, what the hell was that film with Fred Savage and uh, <laughs> I, I, I forgot that I forgot the, oh the princess for the princess uh, bride so right. you know it, it's told isn't it by um, Fred Savage was the, the cast member you went for <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah no no yeah because Fred Savage was in it so the, the princess bride was Fre- Fred Savage as a kid in bed being told a bedtime story wasn't it so yeah. they brought Fred Savage as an adult in oh to and, be told a story yeah, to be told a story <laughs> oh that's nice and so, so, so that's how they you know edited it and they, is that they, as bad as it sounds no it was apparently really funny <laughs> um but yeah, so so maybe they could do something similar with with the MCU. Who knows? But anyway, right? Uh, <laughs> I think that's just something that we're just going to have to just keep on talking about in the future. So <laughs> if we ever do talk <laughs> about Deadpool, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, right? Okay. So moving swiftly on to Alex's film feels. Oh. 
<laughs> you promised you'd play the elephant or something. <laughs> anyway, uh, so Us is about scary doppelgangers, uh, you know, psychotic killers chasing us. <laughs> so I wanted to think, what's the best doppelganger you've seen in a film where the main character has, you know, their, their counterpart come after them? So while I was making the quiz, I actually did a little bit of research on, on doppelganger films to try and incorporate it. And um, I didn't really like many of the ones that were, that were that came up, but one that did spring to mind, and there was a question on this in the quiz, is The Prestige. Oh, yeah. yeah okay, that's yeah. a good one. So, uh, yeah, that's my pick. guess you only figure it out right towards the end, don't you? But yeah. Uh, for me, it's Stepford Wives. I think that's probably the classic doppelganger film. Is it the classic <laughs> doppelganger film? Yes. Is it? Yes. What's better? Uh, invasion of the Body Snatchers? Oh, shit. Okay. What I was thinking is uh, Dead Ringers by um, David Cronenberg. Uh, David, yeah, yeah. Mm, yeah. Um, or does this count? Like, I was thinking, you know, the mirror dance scene from Duck Soup. <laughs> uh, no, oh, I'd allow that. Oh, thanks, Dave. Thanks. Um, I don't know if I've really got the right uh, ballpark here, but I was going to say, um, <laughs> go for it, Ozzy. I, I love it when you do. <laughs> if it's Lolita, then it's not the right. It's not the right. I was going to say the Parent Trap. Yeah, uh, that yeah, works. Yeah, that yeah, works. Yeah. Are they doppelgangers? Just yeah, they are. Because they, they, they are twins, but they don't know they're twins, yeah. do they? So, yeah. 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 Better than duck soup. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, yeah, what about multiplicity? Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. How, yeah, how yeah. many Michael Keatons do you need? Okay. Yeah. No good <laughs> A lot of Michael Keatons is Damn the answer. Damn right. Damn right. many. Nice. Okay. Well, thank you very much for that, Alex. You're very welcome. Elephant. Thanks. Right, um, so on to the bulk of the show. This week's film, as mentioned before, is Us. See, and now I can put them to one side, so I don't need to say them anymore. <laughs> right, um, so it's been picked by all of us here as we desperately try and stay relevant. However, all of the roles have been picked at random. So acting as the defense and trying to get this film placed on the hit list will be Alex Brucey Bruce. Alex is... <laughs> Just, I've, I've, ri- I've written down. Been, my, 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 my nickname Bruce. isn't my surname <laughs> with a vowel on it. <laughs> However, it is. Uh, I, I, I've written down uh, just your, your name and your nickname at the same time. I know, I just, fuck, I'll just say it all. Uh, so, Alex is just like the homeless guy who holds up the biblical sign. Naturally. Because, naturally. I mean, it's obvious, isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's an audio podcast. I could be in a top hat and tails for all that. That's good, kind of getting off lightly, though, to be fair. Yeah, that's true. So, in the role of prosecutor, and trying to get this film placed on the shit list is Dave. Dave is just like Elizabeth Moss's kitty. He may have a nice house, but he's got a borderline drinking problem. <laughs> borderline? <laughs> <laughs> just like real court advocates, Brucey and Captain Dave will be making the best case for their roles. This may or may not be their real opinions, however, so do stay tuned till the end of the episode to hear their genuine thoughts. Now, in the roles of character witness, as and lending their genuine opinions to each argument are Joel and myself. Now, Joel is just like Winston Duke's character, Abraham, monosyllabic, lacking a personality. and Same joke every time. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, wait, wait. I've got another bit. And he spends most of his day wearing a onesie, (laughs) which is true. Uh, And and the other one is going to be me. I'm a little bit like the Peter Nyong'o's red, violently angry, annoying voice. And I feasibly look like a monster that lives underground. (laughs) Now, this means that Austin has the most important role of the week as he will be playing the judge. Now, Ozzy is a bit like Winston Duke's other character, Gabe. Bearded, bespectacled, and always banging on about buying a bloody boat. (laughs) (laughs) It's incredibly apt. (laughs) (laughs) On the money there. So now Austin must decide which list the film should be placed on, hit or shit, based solely on the arguments put to him and not using his own opinion, which is good because he hasn't seen the film. Now, before we get started, I think we should probably give the listeners a bit of a better understanding as to what the film is about. So let us spin that wheel of impressions. So here we read the synopsis of the film in the style of one of the cast or characters from the film. This week it has landed on Alex. Three. So how, how do we like Alex to say? There isn't what, really anything that stands about out. about Lupita Nyong'o's alternate voice? I was the, thinking that the tethered voice. Yeah. The dis- dysmorphia sort of thing. The what? Well, yeah, no, the, the, when a... A voice. Yeah. 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 The, dysmorphia, yeah. Dysmorphia. <laughs> okay. All right, you ready? Yep. All right. 
<clears throat> a family serenity turns to chaos when a group of doppelgangers begins to terrorize them. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I really Pretty like that. Good. I really Pretty like good. that one. Yeah. Thank you. Nearly as good as your uh, Sin City one, Finisher Del Toro. <laughs> All right, yeah, thanks. Okay, uh, so without further hesitation, Austin, would you like to kick off proceedings, please? Yes, yes, I would uh, like as well as detailed an account as possible for your um, for your arguments, what with me not, having not seen it. So um, I really do need you to go into... Some specific good arguments. Well, maybe not specific detail, but I'd like you to cover some, you know, proper cinematic arguments. I don't want any of this glossing over things like what I might have done. Can you done. look at Dave a little bit? Well? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, yeah, yeah. it's just your in my eye line. But um, yeah, um, and should we start with the prosecution? Because I'd like to hear with the prosecution argument first. Sure. Okay, yeah, yeah, can do. All right, uh, as I've mentioned on previous podcast episodes, I'm a big fan of Jordan Peele, and I was a huge fan of Get Out, which was his debut uh, film, which came out a little while ago. I was really looking forward to this. I'd seen the trailers, Gavin introduced me to the trailers, and I didn't want to watch another trailer after it because I didn't want to ruin it. And I was excited about this film. I was really looking forward to it, and I could not be more disappointed. This was a huge letdown for me. I thought this was going to be another masterpiece from Jordan Peele, but what we actually got here was um, kind of a disjointed film. Um, And ultimately, I think what you'll find is that his ideas got ahead of him. Um, The man's got imagination. There's no denying that, but I'll, I'll get into that in a bit. First thing I want to talk about um, is that Jordan Peele was quite disappointed with how Get Out was received. Not that he, he, the accolades were good, but he was disappointed that so many people had confused what kind of genre it was meant to be, or that the, there was this debate to be had about whether it's a comedy film or whether it's a horror film. You know, he said he wanted it to be a horror film. It wasn't supposed to be uh, a conversation piece. So with this, he said he set out to make an out-and-out horror film. Why, therefore, has he shoehorned so much comedy into it? I know he's a comedian by trade, and it just seems that old habits have died hard. And the humour that he inserts isn't really all that funny. It, it may get a wry smile at best, so it doesn't really bring anything to the table. It doesn't enhance anything, but it takes plenty away. It lightens the tone. Which, when you're looking to make a hard-hitting horror movie, which apparently is what he set out to do, it's, it's not what you want. It lessens the tension and it ultimately softens the punch for the audience substantially. And the film has so many unanswered questions. The questions that are answered are done in such a manner that it just opens up more questions. It felt very reminiscent of Lost. And I'll tell you what I mean by that. It's like the first oh, season of no. Lost. Yeah, no, really. The first season of Lost, you know, you really Quite enjoy it. Quiet in the, um, in the courtroom, please. <laughs> I'll come to the character witnesses when I'm ready. Hey, don't judges usually wear meantime. a powdered wig? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> Carry on, sorry. That, that's all right. Um, the first season of Lost, you really enjoyed it. You know, there were so many questions being raised. Everything felt like it was so strange and so supernatural. And you're excited to find out the explanations, uh, to find out what the hell was going on. But by the time the series ended, I'm talking about the end of what, season five? Did it get? I don't know. By the time that finished, you felt robbed. You know, things had not been explained properly. The answers that you were given were so far-fetched and so ludicrous, it was no wonder that you could never guess them in the first instance. And you'd rather they hadn't been answered at all. Lost had great viewing <laughs> figures, but by the first time the series was complete, most people had lost interest, and those that had stuck it out were wishing they hadn't bothered. So, sorry, I want to... I was just going to, were you arguing against Lost or are you arguing against Lost? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm making a point. The film is... <laughs> I mean, I thought the defence was going to jump in with an objection, but um, no, I, I'm going to raise it for you. Okay. Can um, we stick to the film? Yeah, my is, point I mean, is... Is a full comparison? That, that the it... film mirrors that. <laughs> Sorry. Thanks, guys. No, yeah. I, I did get what you were saying. My point is the film mirrors that. <laughs> The film felt so similar. It starts off strongly with you feeling that you're watching something different and special. By the end of it, you feel disappointed that it couldn't even live up to its own aspirations. To understand what Jordan Peele was getting at, to understand his analogies and his symbolism, you have to read interviews with him about the film or read articles from people in the film industry who've been able to piece it together and feel that when the message gets lost in the medium that's being delivered in, it loses its punch. And in this case, the medium is a film and the film itself becomes irrelevant. So the film has plot holes in abundance. I can normally forgive a few plot holes here and there, but there are too many to ignore. And after a while, after a while, these do start to affect the film. I'm talking about stuff like, you know, the, the tethered that live underground, um, you know, the explanation as to why they exist in the first instance is that, oh, it's government conspiracy, which seems like lazy writing. It's just like, why not say aliens? Mm-hmm. You know, it could have been anything, and it doesn't really explain it. 
Um, you know, wh- why do the tethered, if they've been abandoned underground for so long, why do they all have these red jumpsuits? Where did they come from? Where did they all get these, these brass scissors from? You know, why do they all have this uniform? It's just, this, there's a whole list of unanswered questions that he just doesn't go into. You know, it's, it's, it feels like, you know, there's too many to ignore. And, you know, he's got imagination for days. But I can feel like he's trying to cram too many ideas into this film. And it's just become jumbled. It's become incoherent. And, you know, it's, it's certainly different. But at the same time, it's just too predictable, it inclu- including the film Final Twist, which you should have seen coming a mile off. You know, in the bits that are unpredictable are too absurd to be considered clever. The writing just seems lazy, whether it's two-dimensional characters, which we'll go into in the second argument, or unresolved plot holes, or people acting out of the realms of rationality. You know, it's another old horror film trope where in order to invest in the characters, in order to feel uh, something for these characters, you've got to be able to put yourself in their situation and think, yeah, I do what they're doing, and it's still gone wrong for them. How did that happen? In this, it's like, no, why are you doing that? I wouldn't be doing it that way. It's like, I wouldn't be having a discussion about who's going to drive the car, just get in the car and get out of there. And it just... All in all, lazy writing. It falls into the pitfalls of too many horror films. And, you know, ultimately, you've lost something. And far too often with this film, you're asking yourself, what the hell is going on? And why did they decide that was a good idea? So, yeah, I'm going to say lazy writing. So there we go, defense. Um, the gist of it is that, um, yeah, that it's, it's lazy. It's uh, so many potential ideas firing away that it could have been... I mean, uh, to, to borrow a phrase directly from the prosecution, uh, it's the punch is softened. Mm. It's all of the uh, all of the great ingredients for a fantastic party, but uh, somebody came along with just no some alcohol. soft drinks and just yeah. poured it in. Yeah. So um, please, uh, please respond. Um, a I lot just, of analogy, analogies flying around today. <laughs> no, I'm, yeah. I'm going to try and keep mine analogy free. <laughs> I'm going to do my best. I mean, I may mark you down for that because <laughs> I know I know I shit all over Dave there, <laughs> but um, but it was actually a very. Uh, Poignant piece. Okay. <laughs> a pungent piece. <laughs> I'm going to just start. Right. <laughs> uh, the main thing there is that I disagree, because I disagree with pretty much everything Dave said then. The writing's not lazy in this film at all. I think the writing's absolutely fantastic. Jordan Peele has got a really tight script that keeps you guessing throughout the film, but drips in revelations all of the way through it. And... Um, it's fantastic because I'm sure, and, and this film would be great to have a second viewing, a third viewing. You know, Dave says things don't make sense. I, I think they did make quite a lot of sense, to be honest. But it's de- definitely got such a good script that sometimes there are like throwaway comments that you sort of remember only later that become meaningful. And I, you know what? I, I, I think he's created not just a horror film. You know, when Dave said that he just wants to make an out-and-out horror film. Well, maybe he did, but for me, it, the film is far more than that. I think it's a really innovative horror film and it's just its base, but I also think there's also a lot more to it. I think it's very layered. And something that Dave didn't touch on is I think there's an, also lot, an awful lot of social commentary within us, which is the same as Get Out as well. Get Out, as you've seen, had a really, really scary, really, really creepy, but also had a bit more of a message to say about the state of America and especially race relations. Now, it also goes in a slightly different... And I think a lot of it is talking about the difference between the haves and have-nots in society. But, and you know, I could see maybe how someone could watch it and say there's unanswered questions. Yeah, maybe you could, but I don't. I, I honestly didn't think there was. For me, I came out extremely happy. I felt like I understood the film completely. I think I went to um, see it with Gav, and then when we came out, Gav was like, oh, he was talking about different things. And it was, it was interesting because Gav had sort of picked up on other things that I hadn't, and I'd picked up on stuff that he hadn't. Now, sometimes you can say, well, that's, you know, maybe the director, maybe the writer didn't have a clear idea. I think it's just not exactly spelt out for the, for the audience. Sometimes you can say, oh, well, this is all just left up for, you know, you can make your own idea of it. And normally I don't like that. But I think this is such a good script. It's so sort of wide-ranging that actually I think it works really, really well. So people might say that the, the doppelganger psychos are just, you know, people's worst enemy, which are themselves. And I think you could definitely see the film and you could have a ball watching it like that. For me, it was a lot more about privilege and especially the state of America. It did, did definitely make me think, is, the, is the, the title Us or US? I felt that was an interest. And that's kind of what I was getting from it. Um, but, you know, I feel like Dave's gone past an awful lot of stuff that was just amazing in this film. It's so stylishly directed, but it's in this style that's really, really beautifully done without being kind of um, pretentious or being kind of in your face about it. It's done in a really cool way. 
characters are fantastic. We'll probably come on to that a little bit later. Um, but the, the plot is very mysterious. And yet, you know, it, it can't just spell itself out. It can't completely tell you exactly what's happening. And, you know, in a film where there's, you know, creepy doppelgangers, yeah, th- there are going to be plot holes. And, you know, what, what Dave said about, you know, how do the Tevid live underground? It's not explained. How do they get the jumpsuits and the scissors and stuff? Well, it, it, it's alluded to, and you find out that Lupita Nyong'o's evil counterpart is the one that's organised them mm-hmm. in the end and is giving them the jumpsuits. Yeah, you don't see where they buy them or how they get the scissors or something, but you're not asking that. You know, you're just like, oh, that's, that's you know, you, it's answered enough of the question, but yet it's still keeping you guessing. The twist at the end... Um, this is possibly the only part of the film that I wasn't 100% convinced. I really loved it at the time, but maybe later on, on reflection, looking back, it was like, hmm, I'd, I'd need to watch it again. Um, but no, th- that, this was a fantastic film. And the big thing is the writing wasn't lazy. The writing was so tight. It just kept you going all of the way through the film. Really, really cleverly done. And, you know, the, the thing that you're going to do is you're always going to compare this film to Get Out. Yeah. And I don't think that's fair because it's a very different film. Horror, yeah. But it's innovative, it's beautifully shot, performances are amazing, as we'll come on to later. And just before I forget, the score is amazing. Like, the, the, the homegrown music is fantastic in this, but the songs they drop in it, there's a fantastic bit that's funny, like Dave was saying, but not tone-breakingly funny, where they play an NWA song. You can guess the one, I won't <laughs> have to say it. But they play that in the film, and it's funny and yet horrifying at the same time. It's a really interesting tone, and this film is fantastic for it okay well thank you very much um quick one back to you dave there there is um so i, I don't think um alex says that the films are stylishly directed it's quite mm-hmm. beautifully shot um and i feel like you deserve a chance to just uh, comment on uh, on how it's shot i won't dispute that the cinematography is no? very good um yeah no I'll, I'll let him have that one yeah. okay cool character witnesses you guys have both seen it um and i think the um the big one is the writing. So, um, do, well, let's go to the end. The end twist. Um, both uh, prosecution and defence sort of allude to it being a bit of a letdown. Um, do you feel like the end twist and the final, the final scene, that, like the last act, it, it justifies the rest of the film? Mm. Or, or were you let down? Did you feel like it, it just wasn't enough? Um, between the two arguments, I have to say, I think I'm in Dave's camp mostly. Uh, for this one i do feel like the plot was a little bit all over the place and i think with a film like this it just needs to be watertight you know it's not like an action film where you can forgive things because the you know the excitement and the set pieces kind of push it along um and one thing that i came out feeling which is what dave mentioned straight away was the was the comedy in here is just completely misplaced it's like almost jarring um for me it kind of immediately ruins like the the tone of the film and i'm really really not sure kind of what he was going for uh but what one thing i do agree with alex on is the style of the film it's just you you know it's almost untouchable really you know even if you look at like the the film posters and things like that they're all just like really you know just something you haven't seen before just really really fresh and that feeling is all the way through the film and it sounds like i'm saying it's a bad film but i'm not but like Alex said, you're going to compare this to Get Out and it's just, it doesn't, you know, even scratch it, I don't think. Okay, okay, that's interesting. Um, Gav, I'm going to ask you the same question. Um, did the end twist justify the rest of the film to you? Or I, I I agree with most of what Alex said, to be honest. I thought it was brilliant. I like the end twist. Um, I saw the end twist coming yeah so it's, very, very it's predictable on. but i but i don't, I don't yeah I, it could be yeah but it, it, I, it didn't detract from the film i had i didn't predict it like, yeah, okay. and and the thing is like so dave mentioned before that jordan peele said it, it was going to be an out and out horror and it turned out not to be but i don't think that detracts from the film at all just you know it's, it's just a different film like you know I, I i said that i wasn't going to have a drink on saturday night but i ended up getting bladdered you know <laughs> i had a great time you know it wasn't what i initially said it was going to be beforehand but you know it, it, it didn't mean it wasn't good and the thing is is that like yeah i think it is funny just because it's not a comedy so it doesn't matter if the jokes don't land but i think that the jokes are good but i just wanted to cover off because i don't think like brucey or um dave um, mentioned before about you know because talking about style and substance yeah. i thought that the style was just amazing the, the imagery used was brilliant the thing about the red jumpsuits um so 
big spoiler here, but the the, the twist is that Red uh, changed places with Adelaide when they were nine. So, so essentially, Adelaide is Red and Red is Adelaide. Essentially, so when she um, she is essentially taken into the world, the world of the tethered her memories she remembers everything up until she was nine so she has planned this big sort of elaborate invasion of earth with all of the tethered and the suits that she picks are on like the things that were most scary to her so everyone wears a red jumpsuit and one glove on their hand because the scariest thing that she'd ever seen was michael jackson's thriller video so that's why they're all dressed like michael jackson in thriller the the human chain thing is was because she was um she was wearing a t-shirt with a human chain to, to you know a symbol of peace but she was saying no it's going to be a symbol of our sort of entry into the world and the scissors were to cut the chain that was like a metaphor of yeah we're going to we're going to cut like a paper chain okay um i'm going to throw this out just to the group generally are all of those things explained within the film i feel like dave mentioned earlier that there's so many ideas and there's so many things like that which um are not really touched upon you had to pick that up from interviews and from other things i don't, I don't think they need they... to be i, I, I no, think I it's a film that you can kind of pick and choose what what you believe yeah, it's, I wouldn't say it's all explained particularly. I think Gav's right about the red jumpsuit and the glove. That is definitely a, a thriller t-shirt illusion. I think, yeah, the Hands Across America t-shirt, which was like a, a failed uh, a failed kind of live aid attempt to uh, to get rid of poverty in the United States. Mm-hmm. Um, but of course, she wouldn't know it failed. She was yeah, ab- abducted or replaced care. before yeah. that. Um, I think the scissors symbolize duality. Mm. two things that are one if you know what i mean that's the kind of well, just like every, that's why there were so many references to michael jackson because he mm. was like sort of an icon of duality yeah, yeah. Mm. Okay. The, the, the symbolism there and it's well thought out like i said he's got great imagination i just don't think it's all explained well I, enough. I, I don't think but, it needs to be explained yeah, I, I mean like one of the greatest horror films for me is uh night of the living dead and that's never explained like what the living dead are where they've come from why they're there and it, mm. it just, you know, one day they pitch up and you're like, oh shit, here they are. And so I think he explains it as much as it needs to be explained. I, I'm definitely on Dave's camp there. I think, you know, Night of the Living Dead, it's just a zombie film. The, you know, what do you need to explain there? You don't need to know where they come from. But this is a little bit different. It's more plot heavy. Um, and bit. I think it would have been better had it been explained better. I, I, I think you can, but th- this is my argument, which is I feel like you can take quite a lot from this film. And sometimes I like it in a film when it's not actually explicitly explained. M- maybe that's just yeah, my faith. It's probably know. it's probably tastes. You know, it's one of them films. Like I've said, you can take what you want from it. Sometimes I think we've reviewed films like this before, hmm. where you can literally make up your own mind as to what happens. You know, it's one of them kind of open. Can't think of things. any of those films <laughs> in my head actually yeah, right now. And to be yeah. fair, most of us have always agreed that it's frustrating. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So I suppose it depends on the setting and the I, type I, of film. You know, I would say in some films it really is, but this film is so layered. That's why the big thing I disagree with Dave about is the lazy writing because I think there's just it's so layered the writing. There's so much, so many ideas in it that it's, it's very well thought yeah. through, this film. Okay, well, um, let's let's move on to a second argument. I've made a few notes there, so I'll have a, uh, I'll thumb that up. And then second argument, would you like to go as a defence? I would like to, yes, thank you very much. Fire away. So, uh, talking about the performances, which for me are pretty much note perfect in this film, I'll just start with the best, which is Lupita Nyong'o. You know, she'd only had um, small roles really before, you know, in Black Panther, uh, 12 Years a Slave. But I feel like this film has established as, as a proper leading actress. And up there for me with some of the best. She, she does both roles. I mean, nearly all of the actors in... No, in fact, sorry. All of the actors in this film have to play two roles. So they play themselves, but they also play their creepy counterparts that, you know, come to kill them. And Lupita Nyong'o, I feel just... She, she plays both role, both roles absolutely perfectly. As uh, Adelaide, or who you think is Adelaide, she, you know, and, and she, she has a really tricky thing to do because with the twist, she's got to do quite a nuanced performance. You know, it's only when you look back after you find out that actually she switched places. You think back to a performance right at the beginning of the film when you think when you first watch it that she's just worried about this bad experience she had as a child and not thinking that actually what she did as a child, which was to flip herself with the real Adelaide, mm-hmm. is now coming back to haunt her and to take her away from living above ground. Um, so to do that performance, to then look scared, to I mean, her gaze is just mesmeric in this film. It's just absolutely 
incredible. You just honestly, you have to see it to believe it. She just conveys so much sometimes without doing very much at all, which is for me sometimes the true mark of a, a great actress. Um, so yeah, I, I, I would say she's just absolutely spot on. Um, I think her family have played really well as well. I really like the fact that she's given she's given full reign of being the leading actor in this. And I like the husband, Gabe. I think he's got a good character. I think he's interesting. He's kind of like an affable buffoon. He's got some really funny scenes. And yeah, you know, talking before about the, the comedy, but I'll, I'll give you an instance which I thought was really funny. So when the family, when they're confronted outside of the house by the evil family in in the in the yard mm-hmm. uh, gabe sort of machos up gets a baseball bat and kind of goes out and there's this bit where he's sort of like looking at them and he's sort of saying like you know hello can i help you and then he slowly becomes more street as he starts getting angry like you know we're, we're gonna get crazy and all of this and it, i just thought it, it's funny it's good and yet straight after that you know they start um going in they start breaking into the house and he's you know trying to hold the door and his bat's taken off him and all of a sudden you've gone from humor to horror and i I think you know the humor gives you levity and then the horror brings you back so i do disagree with dave and joel on this one i don't think it takes you out at all you it kind of jars you a little bit maybe it is jarring because it jars you a little bit and then hits you with the horror which for me, worked perfectly. Mm-hmm. Um, the the children are fantastic in this. Sometimes child actors can sort of, you know, uh, ruin the ruin the film a little bit. Evan Alex is the son who's really anxious and wears a mask. Again, more symbolism, a lot more things to think about and take away. You can have such enjoyable discussions, I think, about this film when, when after someone's watched them about exactly what it was about. Um, but for me, I think one of the best was uh, Shahadi Wright Joseph, um, who plays the contrary teen daughter. Um, her psychotic. Uh, doppelganger is just fantastic she's got one of the creepiest killer smiles i've seen for a really long time so i i I loved every scene she was in there are also great performances as well by some of the supporting cast the tyler the tyler family of this dysfunctional uh, family even more affluent than the wilsons where gabe is the husband is quite jealous of their um affluence and what they can afford and then you've got elizabeth moss plays his alcoholic uh wife and both of them, Tim Heidecker. Wow, I've you know I've only seen him in Tim and Eric and was never a massive fan. He was brilliant in this, really, really good. He played that sort of too rich for his own good, sort of just kind of like lost man almost in his wealth, perfectly. And Elizabeth Moss, honestly, I love Elizabeth Moss, and I loved her more after watching us because both sides of a character. She plays the alcoholic quite touchingly. There's a really beautiful scene when she's. Not things aren't going well for the Tyler family, let's just say. And um, she's been wounded, and she's crawling towards her husband, who she's hated all the way through. It's really quite a touching moment, even within this pretty violent slasher scene. Um, but yeah, so she was, and she's fantastic playing the the psycho part of herself as well. Really, really good. Um, so yeah, I, for me, I can't really see what you could say bad about the performances. I think the characters are really interesting. I think the both sides of them are. And the actors did not have an easy job here. They had to play two two very different roles. And they also had to play the roles. The tethered all sort of have the same characteristics. And they had to, as actors, they had to do the same sort of thing so it wouldn't be disjarring. So it was not an easy thing they had to do. And I think they hit it note perfect. Okay, well, Dave, say something bad about the actors. Um, I've got to say the performances are actually pretty solid. Um, like Alex says, a lot was asked of the cast when you think they all have dual roles. I can see Alex is, is congratulating himself. On. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of a lot of asses the cast when they uh, you think they've got dual roles to play, and some fare better than others. I think Lupita Nyong'o is very good in both roles. Um, Winston Duke does the best he can with the material he's given. And he's a good actor, and he's, but he's reduced to a comic foil. Like Alex said, he's basically his general vibe is that of a likeable buffoon. That is all he's really reduced to. He's quite a slapstick character. A comedy film doesn't need a character like this. And his dual role of as Abraham, who's his tethered version, is is quite disappointing. You know, Winston Duke's a big guy. You know, uh, Abraham should be one of the more intimidating of the tethered, but something's missing. He is probably the least intimidating of all of them. And I feel there's something about his character left a lot to be desired there. Um... The kids do a decent job. I think Alex, um, Evan Alex, does a good job as both Jason and as Pluto, his tethered version. I think he's very good. Shahadi Wright jo- uh, Joseph, I thought she was very good as Zora, who's um, the daughter. Her tethered version, Umbre, I didn't think was very good. I thought all she had was the smile. 
that was all there was to that character. You just got to do it, uh, keep your eyes down, do kind of a chilling smile. That's all there is to it. Um, and the support, I didn't think were very good. Now it's not so much the performances that I've got a problem with here. The performances were generally were pretty solid. Like I say, it's the way the characters are written. The Tyler family who are in support that Alex was talking about there, they're just vile suburbanite stereotypes. There's nothing more to them. You've got a vain and passive-aggressive wife. You've got a dad who's checked out of his family life entirely and brags about his materialistic lifestyle. You've got the arrogant daughters who bully those that they see as weird. These characters are poorly written and they have very little purpose to the story other than they're just cannon fodder. And, you know, more unanswered questions such as why do the Wilsons even consider these people friends? There is nothing about the relationship, the interaction of these characters that makes you think, oh, yeah, that's why Gabe wanted to hang out with them at the beach. It's like they're vile. There is no element of friendship there. You know, the script didn't permit it and the actors couldn't find it. And I think, yeah, so all in all, the characters' performances are for the most part good. Others are passable. It's the way the characters are written. And I think, once again, we're coming back to lazy writing. I won't go on about it, but I feel that the characters could have been so much better. I feel it had so much more potential and it's not the actor's fault. I blame the script. Okay. There we go. Pretty time. Quite, um, I'm going to give you a very, very quick comeback, I, I will be brief. Um, just to, to explain, you know, why are they friends with the... Uh, for me, that linked into the social commentary thing of what I was talking before. They're friends with them because often, like, wealthy suburbanites go on holiday to cover it, together, even if they don't like each other. And I think the, the reason that, that that dysfunctional wealth wealthy family is because that's what Gabe aspires his family to be, even though it doesn't work. It's just talking about, you know, the, the envy of wealth, having a bit of, literally a bigger boat than he does. And so that's what I, that's what I think the Tyler family were doing in there. Okay, well, thank you very much. Um, Gav, um, performances, uh, I think pe- we, people are agreed that the performances are quite good, generally. Yeah, depending yeah. Depending on where you go, but the writing, are these characters fleshed out? Like, let's talk about just the main, the main characters, the main family to start with. I, yeah, I think the the main family really were uh, fleshed out. I, I liked it because Winston Duke, the only thing that I'd seen him in beforehand was was Black Panther, and he was like this really big, intimidating, commanding performance. Yeah. And then in this, I was expecting the same sort of thing. I was like, oh, he's gonna he's gonna be like this really heroic dad who's gonna kick some serious ass later on. But he's just like a normal dad telling cheesy jokes, you know, and like he gets hit in the knee later on and he sells it throughout the entire film. You know, there's not one point where he kind of like shrugs it off, you know, like sort of classic 70s slasher film. It's like shrugs it off and, you know, gets stabbed in the chest 18 times, but he's still walking. It's like he gets hit in the knee and he's like down like a bag of potatoes, you know, and then later on he's still like complaining about his knee being so sore. Um, And I thought it was good. I thought he played against, you know, um, what people might have assumed the character would be like. Um, and with regards to the the other family, I kind of agree with what Alex was saying about a sort of social commentary. They, they are supposed to be like caricatures of just wealth and upper class and you're not supposed to really like them. Uh, Joel, um, on that point then, so the, um, like, I think everyone, nobody's really disputed this at the moment, but are, are the characters, they're certainly the supporting characters, just caricatures, just stereotypes of... Um, something and are they just kind of fodder? You know, I think uh, Jordan Peele's a, a really clever guy, and I think they're supposed to be that way. Um, but you know, I agree with, with some of what Alex said. The performances are the best part of of this whole film for me. Yeah. Um, and then I agree with some of what Dave said in that the characters aren't all as amazing. You know, I think I I went into it with extremely high expectations, and it didn't. It didn't meet meet those for me, but you know I can't really fault most of what Alex has said there. Okay, um, Grant. Well, let's move on to our, um, to <laughs> our little uh, closing arguments. Who would like to go first? Who's who's most prepared for a closing argument? Don't mind. Who's got the best flourish? Oh, <laughs> no, I joking. do not have I'm any. <laughs> um, Alex, can I hear your closing statement, please? Sure. Uh, you know, I think if you go, you know, Joel sort of hit on something there. If you go straight into this film thinking oh, it's Get Out Two, then I think you might be you, you, your expectations aren't quite on track here. I think if you go into it thinking that this is going to be a kind of an innovative horror film and sort of get into what you're watching, then I think you can really, really enjoy us. The performances are perfect. Um, you, you'll love these new actors, and you'll think, well, you can't wait to see what they're else are in. The script is is really not lazy. It's so tight. It's so layered. And I can't wait to watch the film again and again and again because I'm sure there's much I missed the first time round. 
Um, Us, for me, had the best social commentary I've seen in a film for a really long time, possibly since Black Klansman. Uh, It's really refreshing to see a film tackle big issues and yet not sacrifice horror and not sacrifice the tone of it. Um, Watch Us. It's perfect. It's definitely a hit film. Okay. We almost missed the gong altogether there, didn't we? You was uh, not paying attention. No, I was. <laughs> <laughs> You're too busy on Just your something else. phone watching the football. <laughs> I wish that was all I had to do all fucking episodes. <laughs> like, that, that episode's going to come out after this episode. People are going to know what the fuck you're talking about. And when it does come out, they're going to be like, oh, yeah. Oh, what yes. a good call back. like that. <laughs> call forward. <laughs> Dave, are you ready? Are you prepared? Yep. Your minute starts now. Okay, to, con- to conclude, this is simply a film that didn't live up to its hype. Jordan Peele had some great ideas, but the execution has become muddled and he stifled what could have been an otherwise great film. It's disappointing not only for the unrealized hype, but for the unrealized potential. There's a decent film in there, but as is often the case with horror movies, less can often equal more, and the plot is too convoluted for the film to leave any lasting impact. You leave the cinema confused and annoyed that the payoff has been so meagre, and that basic elements in filmmaking, such as resolving plot points and being presented with well-rounded characters you can get behind have been forgotten, or worse, ignored in favour of trying to be different. Nicely done. Well done. Man, you are off the ball today. Distracted by something else, are you? Yeah, that was a that was a tight, tight closing argument there. I think it only took you forty seconds. Well done. So, Ozzy, do you need some time to think about? I think I really do need some time to think about uh, everything. It is quite a tight one. I think it's not. um, It's hard to read the room. Sometimes you can tell whether um, whether somebody really believes what they say or what they don't. But um, but right now, I can't. I can't tell at all. No, no. Uh, there's, uh, a so, of, there's a lot of heavy feelings around. <laughs> so, Joel, do you have a little quiz for us? I do, and it's it's kind of loosely based on us. It's kind of all, all things that kind of lead on into each other. Um, so, question one, and I've got f- five films written down here, so you, there's two really easy answers. But name two films with under two letters or under in the title. It. It is one. And then Bam. it's pie. No, oh, yeah. yeah, that's a symbol. Yeah. <laughs> There's one other pr- e- e- pretty e- simple one. Yeah, ET. No, it's not called ET. ET. I'll let you have ET. Oh yeah, if if Alexis Malcolm McDowell wasn't ET called ET the extraterrestrial dickhead. There was one. I mean, is the one with one letter? Is the one that I was thinking of. This one is a little bit trickier, but what other film also has the letters? UNS coming first in the movie title. Um, um, U- U.S. A? Army something. Marshals. There we go. <laughs> U.S. Marshals. Um, so Jordan Peele guest starred in which TV episode based on a popular film duo? Kian. Oh, well, Jordan Peele guest starred in which TV episode based on a popular film duo? Oh, I don't understand the question. No, so you d- how can you not understand that question? <laughs> so he guest starred in an episode of TV, yeah. and that TV series is has two characters which are based on a popular film duo. Uh, and what is him and Eric? Show? No, I don't know anybody. No, no. Uh, so he was in an episode of Rick and Morty. Oh, right, okay. oh shit, he was. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, he was apparently second, fourth dimensional being. Yeah, oh, yeah, he's the yeah, yeah. Keegan Michael Key. It's yeah. like the testicle head, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. The ones that go back in time. Okay, so uh, whenever I make a quiz, somebody always touches on some of the fucking questions, man, and this came up again. <laughs> so, Michael Key, sorry, that's just the uh, next the question there. <laughs> uh, we'll go with that one. Michael Key was in which cinematic release, which we've reviewed on this show? Keegan Michael Key was Pred- in the Predator. Predator. Correct. I think you'll find it was called. Does, a, does anyone know his character name? Can anyone remember God, that piece no. of shit? I've repressed all of that information. <laughs> no, I've forgotten as well. Dave was it? No. Lock. It, it was dead. Dead guy four. Coil. Oh, coil. Um, I said lock, which is a one-word answer. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> okay, so in the film The Prestige, which also turns out to feature a doppelganger, what is the trick called that drives you, Jackman? Mad? Oh, good one. The te- teleporting man. The, very, very the, close. The, the, I haven't got a twin trick. The traveling man. It begins with T and it's called the T man. The twin. The, the, the uh, tin man? 
Oh, what is it? It's the transported oh, man. Oh, shit. Uh, what did they say? The, the traveling man. The traveling man, yeah. <laughs> okay, next question. What is the highest grossing film so far of 2019? I'll give you a clue. It's not even close. Captain Marvel? Yeah, Captain Marvel with 910 million. Um, which leads me on to the next question. How much has the Marvel Universe grossed to date so far? I'll, to the, Oof, it must be. I'll take the nearest uh, answer. Five billion. All money. No, 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 How no. How much no. money is there? So they reached a landmark with Captain Marvel, which is like the, the biggest landmark ever, basically. I'm going to say 12 universe. billion. No, I'm going to say it's 51 billion. 51 billion. <laughs> <laughs> say 15, 15 billion. Is 15, Austin. A billion is a thousand million, isn't it? Well, there's debate about that. But just say a number. Or is it an American billion? Is that like a just million? Just say a million? fucking number. <laughs> 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 uh, seven billion. Uh, I think Dave gets it. It's 18 billion. Ooh, wow. It's close to 51. So uh, <laughs> another another uh, thing I've touched on here. What is Winston Duke's character called in the Marvel Cinematic Universe? M'Baku. M'Baku is correct. Mm. So Jordan Peele recently listed wow. five films uh, that have influenced this filmmaking. Can anybody guess any of them? The Shining. The Shining is one of them. Mm. Um, it, it follows. No. It was. <laughs> he, 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 he specifically mentioned five films. Oh, what? Oh, oh, that influenced this film? No, not this film. His filmmaking in oh, general. Oh, shit. Um, Candyman? No. Anybody want to guess any others? There's, there's some pretty <clears throat> obvious ones. Night of the Living Dead. Halloween. So, Terminator. Dave got The Shining. There's also Jaws. No. Okay. Oh, Misery. Misery oh, Rosemary's yeah. Baby. And then the last one's a bit of a weird one. Gremlins. <laughs> <laughs> Gremlins <we>, too. <laughs> did, we did we put on that shit list? I did. Oh. Yeah. So no, pineapple and pizza. That went on the hit list. I, I did it. Yeah. The last one's a, a little bit fun. more more lighthearted here. So which one of these is not a horror movie tagline? Right. So they there could be multiple. There could be zero. You know, there could just be one. So, gobble gobble, motherfucker. Oh, that's, that's definitely one. That's the tagline. Thanks, killing. I think that's. Don't, that. don't get caught with your pants down. That's got to be one as well. Be. A terrifying tale of sluts and bolts. <laughs> You've just gone on porn and looked up taglines. This isn't even. This is um, all of those um, the, trauma films. They mostly be horror films, yeah. The rubber that rubs you out. Uh, is that actually well you've got to tell me john will never eat shish kebab again (laughs) (laughs) and unwittingly he trained a dolphin to kill the president of the united states oh my god that's not that's not actually that's not actually a horror film that last one either so so which which of these aren't taglines i think they're all dolphin actually sluts and bolts i think is a bit maybe that one that's definitely a trauma film that means joel made it up (laughs) i don't know gobble gobble motherfucker would you be able to get that on a poster uh, uh, Gav was right. They are all taglines. For- <laughs> oh, apparently so. <laughs> wow. So there you go. Quiz complete. Okay. Well, thank you very much for that, Joel. That was a uh, much needed um, levity. You had time. Yeah, and I think. Well, I think I've had time. It's a tough one to be honest with you, but I feel as though that quiz seems to sum up a lot of uh, Dave's argument in some some way. Is that? Couple of gobbles, motherfucker. Yeah, there was a lot of it's essentially tension what he was saying. in the build-up. <laughs> yeah. But there was tension in the build-up to the quiz building. You know, I think we've had two very good arguments, and then you, you have a little comedy interlude, and then you're back into the tension of you know what I'm going to pick. And interesting. And I don't know whether you know, does it lessen it? Does it drag in the sour a bit, aren't you? I know. Yeah, I haven't really made my mind up yet. Which we're going to go on. Tune in next but week. I, <laughs> but um, genuinely, I think um, I, I think I'm, I think Dave's just edged it. Wow. I feel as though because I've just watched Get Out, and um, I think the comedy there as well. It, it almost made it less scary for me. Interesting. And I think that might happen to me in this one. So, yeah, it's going on a shit list. Oh, oh dear. Oh, no. Oh, dear, oh, dear. <laughs> okay, so oh dear. genuine thoughts. Uh, Alex? Oh, no, I, I agreed with everything I said. Yeah? Yeah, it was, it's a really, really, really good film. You'll be very annoyed. Is it genuinely way. scary as well? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> no, it's, um, it, again, it's it's try to forget about Get Out and then go and watch yeah, yeah. it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But no, it's, it's a very, very good film. It's, so it's, it's not Get Out 2 in any, in any no, way? No, 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 no. And it, no, it should be. Uh, Dave? Um, 
I I didn't make shit up, but I did over egg it. I quite liked it. Yeah, oh. I thought I thought the film was actually pretty good. I didn't, yeah, I didn't make shit up. I thought my points were valid about the characters and some of the writing. I think it got a little convoluted, but overall, I came out quite liking it. To be honest with you, right. I wouldn't necessarily go and watch it again and again, like Alex says. But it's not a bad second effort at all. It, it's it's decent. Yeah, I think right. it's... Um, You've been Daved. I have been Daved. I think it's pretty overhyped. If you look at all the reviews, they're like 9 out of 10, 95% and all that type of stuff. Uh, the bad yeah. ones are starting to creep in. Yeah, but I was going to yeah. say, then if you look at what actually people are saying rather than the critics, a lot yeah. of people uh, are It's like everyone's going on about uh, social analogy and stuff like that and then someone's pointing out name one of the social analogies that's going on no one can yeah, and it's like I everyone's just, saying oh just, it's so symbolic and it's like name I, some symbolism I, I just did <laughs> no no you just, <laughs> I, I, you just I hinted just, at it <laughs> no no I, I named it I yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I, I was it for a long time yeah yeah well we were talking about it for ages yeah, after yeah. we watched it yeah I think oh. there's so much social commentary going on and, and the symbolism I just mentioned two points before yeah. I think it's brilliant well I'm, I mean I'm genuinely looking forward to it and I, I, I wouldn't normally be for a horror film but um well, I, I think based on like what we've spoke well, you, about you, and the hype and everything, and I think you, you uh, really want to watch it. Well, I, yeah, Son I'm looking forward to. It. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but not necessarily because, like, I okay. think it's genuinely shit. But I think I'd be really interested to know yeah. what I what I come away thinking. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd like to know. Well, the good thing is it's not like typical horror, is it? So if you shit your pants like no one's really horror like us, then I mean, I'm going to watch you... it on a Monday night. Like, <laughs> so there won't really be anyone else there. So if I do. <laughs> It's only me. <laughs> Don't really let myself down. <laughs> so, uh, is it higher or lower than our previous bonus film on trial, which was Alita Battle Angel? Higher. What was that? Higher. What was Alita? 7.6 out of 10. I'm going to say lower. No, definitely higher. The reviews are starting to creep in now. I reckon it might be lower. Yeah, I'm going to go higher, but I reckon it will go lower. Well, <laughs> um, well, you're all wrong. It's the exact same, 7.6 oh, out of 10. Wow, really? But, uh, okay, so on Metacritic, Alita got 54 and Alita has got 81. So, um, but, but here's one for you. I put it up on, on Twitter over the weekend and asked our friends and followers which list it should be placed on. And a whopping 75% said it should be Shit. on the hit list. Oh. So, you fucked them all, Aussie. All those people out there, you've dicked. Why you say? <laughs> Maybe we should cut that bit out. And that's a wrap. And, uh, so just before we adjourn the case, it's time for a bit of a caption contest. Uh, so here what we do is we take a screenshot of the film and we put it on Twitter and ask our friends and followers to provide a caption with the funniest one, winning a chocolatey frog-shaped treat. Okay, uh, so the picture is a very shocked Adelaide encountering red for the very first time. So uh, this one shouldn't be too hard to pick, guys, because uh, unlike previous episodes, we've only had two captions. Uh, so you guys have just got to decide which one is the funniest one out of number one. The WTF was that look everyone gives Gav after he plays a new sound effect. <laughs> <laughs> or number two, United States Election Day, November 2016. No. <laughs> Topical. I'm going to go number one. Yeah, let's go number one. Yeah, number one. Off. Okay, congratulations to the cinema guys. You guys have just won yourselves another Freddo. Those guys are going to be getting fat, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, like they keep on melting in the post on the way there. So. Uh, so just before we call it a day, I wanted to give a shout out to one of our podcasting friends, Grave Girls Podcast. So this is uh, where three friends review new horror films, but it's much more interesting than that as they relate these films to true crime creepypasta stories and urban legends and uh, they discuss a variety of different horror films from out and out shit your pants scary films like halloween and it to more psychological slow burning creepy movies like the witch and hereditary so check them out on any podcasting platform or on tumblr gravies.com and be sure to check them out on twitter as well at grave underscore girls so our next bonus film on trial will be towards the end of april when we will put avengers endgame on trial once again all the roles have been picked out at random so in the role of defense is going to be Dave in the role of prosecution is going to be Alex in the role of character what do I keep on saying that for it is character witnesses witnesses. (laughs) sorry I can't even think character witnesses uh, Joel and myself which means the judge is going to be Austin so judge again of course such an easy (laughs) (laughs) so I just want to say thank you to everybody who has listened to this episode please remember to like share and subscribe tell your friends tell your family tell your underground counterparts just spread the warm love that is films on trial you know if they do really like it they yeah. could send us uh, gift packages in the post, which we received just recently, oh, yeah. which was oh, yeah. fantastic. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. got a, a very generous uh, gift package from... Um, uh, Texas. 
Texas, yeah. Absolutely brilliant. Which oh, yeah. contains a whole host of uh, treats that I probably won't be able to eat any of, but I'm going to anyway. Yeah. So thank you very, very much. We're going to record an episode where we try and eat all of them and probably in the... Uh, well, actually, maybe not the reactions to... Uh, <laughs> 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 afterwards. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so thank you very much. Um, do, but remember to follow us on Twitter, at Film Trials, and check out our fantastic graphic artist, Winston Sang, at the underscore quirks. Also check out our website, filmsontrial.co.uk, and follow us on Instagram. Instagram, uh, Facebook, and subscribe to our YouTube channel for weekly content, including a much more in-depth review of us by Alex. So regular scheduling will resume towards the end of the week with Tango and Cash. So until next time, we will be in your ears. Goodbye. Goodbye.